You are listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison, episode number 73. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach Kristen Morrison. Hi, pet business owners. So this is a very unusual episode today, but it's June 19th, 2020. And this week I had a very open, honest, candid conversation about racism with pet professionals. And I wanted to share that conversation with you today. Now, a couple things about this conversation. I want to let you know that it felt really vulnerable for all of us who were on today's episode to have this conversation because race is a difficult topic. Actually, race isn't a difficult topic, but racism is for a lot of people. And you are going to be hearing from each of the guests about what caused them to feel vulnerable about coming on this podcast and talking about this subject, as well as experiences that they've had in both their personal lives and their pet businesses as a result of racism. My own vulnerability around this topic came from being afraid that maybe I'd mistakenly ask my guests an inappropriate question, or maybe I'd even offend them with something I'd ask or say, maybe inadvertently not realizing that it wasn't the right thing to ask or say when it comes to race. However, in spite of my discomfort, I decided to host this episode and I invited these courageous guests to come on the podcast. And I'm really grateful that they said yes. I'm grateful to each one of them for agreeing to join me for this conversation and for what they shared in today's episode. So I decided to have this conversation with these courageous ladies because I wanted to learn more about racism and if possible, to help you podcast listeners learn more about racism too. I wanted to learn how racism affects pet professionals. I wanted to learn more about white privilege and that term and what that term means to black people. I wanted to give black pet professionals the space and time and energy in order for their voice to be heard. I wanted to learn about the subtle and the not so subtle ways that racism affects those who are deeply impacted by it. I want to be supportive of you pet business owners who need support during this challenging time. And so that's another reason and motivation for me to air this podcast and have this conversation. And I also wanted to pull back the curtain on racism in the pet business industry. 
Want to take what you're learning from the podcast and begin to apply it in your own pet business so you can see powerful results? The Pet Business Online Course Learning Platform can help you do that. You'll find instant access courses that can help you launch or grow your pet business starting right now. You can watch, listen, and learn from the courses right now or whenever works best for you and from wherever you are at in the world. The How to Start Your Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business in 7 Days online course gives you step-by-step instruction and comprehensive tools to help you launch your own pet care business and get paying clients in just one week. The four-week Pet Business Catapult program provides a weekly comprehensive plan to help you create systems and strategies so you can work on your business instead of in your business. You'll also learn exactly what you need to find, hire, and train quality staff and attract high-paying, profitable clients. With these classes and the many other online classes you'll find on the course platform, you can take your pet business to a new level of growth and success starting right now. Go to PetBusinessCourses.com. That's PetBusinessCourses.com or use the online learning platform link in the show notes page to start transforming your pet business right now. You'll find many classes for all your business needs, including how to get your website higher on the search engines and how to use Facebook marketing to grow your pet business, plus many others. New courses are added monthly. These online courses provide solutions and actionable steps so you can quickly take your business to a new level of growth and profitability. And you'll receive your courses in less than 60 seconds after ordering. To find out more, go to PetBusinessCourses.com. So besides me on this episode today, there are four speakers and three are pet sitters and dog walkers. And there's one person, Zuri Walker, who is not a pet business owner. Even though Zuri is not a pet business owner, I really felt like having her on today's episode could be really helpful. I met Zuri years ago when I was living in Bali and she was living there too. And I invited her to be on this episode because a few years ago, I inadvertently said something racist to her, which really hurt her. And it deeply impacted our friendship in a really negative way. I didn't mean for the comment I said to be racist in any way, but it was, and I can see that now, but I couldn't see that then. So I wanted to share it today. And it's vulnerable for me to share, but you know what? (laughs) I'm going to do it anyway. And I learned a lot from that painful experience and from Zuri sharing so openly and honestly, both at the time that I said that comment and also in today's episode. She shared really honestly about how what I said in that moment impacted her. And I hope when you hear what happened between me and Zuri that it may help those of you who are perhaps speaking or acting in ways that aren't appropriate, but you don't yet realize it. I'm really hopeful that this open and honest conversation between the five of us today can create more awareness for you listeners in terms of what you may say or do in the future when it comes to speaking about race. The three pet professionals and Zuri, I believe, are all bright lights, and I think you're going to recognize that spark in each one of them as you hear what they have to share today. Again, I'm really grateful that they said yes 
to having this conversation with me about this difficult subject, they went on knowing that they were going to be sharing their stories with all of you. And their intention is to let you into their world, to let you into their neighborhood, so to speak, right? We all have our neighborhoods in our mind, right? And so in our worlds, it's like stepping into somebody's moccasins, that expression. So today we get to step into their world, into their neighborhood and find out what life is like for them. You'll also hear questions that some pet business owners have asked about racism and other topics having to do with that. And so I asked them those questions as well. So two things before we dive in. Number one is in some parts of this interview, the audio is not very good. There was a little bit of background noise. It didn't happen very often, but just to give you a heads up that you may not hear the usual high quality audio that you typically hear on this podcast. And I apologize in advance about that, but I had four of the ladies on a Zoom call and then myself. So there were five of us. And sometimes the audio can be kind of funky when I do a Zoom call and record it for a podcast. So that's one thing. The second thing is these ladies, I just want to reiterate, really open themselves up in a deeply vulnerable way. So I really want you to, if you can, open your hearts and your minds to them with the deepest love and appreciation, if it's possible, open-mindedness. And, you know, a lot of them had fear about speaking up today. And so if you see me posting about this on Facebook and you feel really inspired by these ladies, please comment and share what inspired you about what they've shared, you know, what touched you. You can also write your comments in the show notes of this podcast, which can be found at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 73. That is the number 73. Again, that's prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 73. And now here is our conversation about racism. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Carmel. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Eile, Zuri. I feel a little weepy because Uh this is just really an honor to have you all come on and being willing to have this conversation and takes a lot of courage, you know? So I'm really grateful and did not wear waterproof mascara, darn it. (laughs) Oh, well. So what this is, you know, my intention today is really to have this be an open and honest conversation. And I realized that I may put my foot in my mouth. And if I do, I really encourage you to call me on it. If I've said something that doesn't feel good to you. I'd really like to start off this conversation having a conversation with my friend Zuri. She's not a pet business owner. I met her in Bali when I lived there for six months. Some of you know that I lived in Bali, right? I met her in 2011. Can't believe it's been that long, Zuri. 
I know. Oh, we need to go back. Almost a decade. I know. Oh, my goodness. Feels like a lifetime. I'll go back this year. Oh, well, hopefully you still will. You never know. Zuri, when people leave Bali, when they've been there for a while, there's this phenomenon there, which is so sweet, which is you have a going away party and your friends that you've met in Bali have a little going away party for you to acknowledge your time in Bali and to kind of send you on your way. Cause it's a big culture shock actually to go back to the States from being in Bali. And those who are there really recognize that. And, and Zuri offered her beautiful home that she was living in in Bali to have a going away party for me the night before I left and just created a wonderful feast for me. And and we invited all our friends and it was so sweet. And, you know, one of the rituals that happened at the end is there was a circle of people who were sitting and I sat in front of each one and said, something that I really appreciated about each one and about my time in Bali. And I went around the circle and I I came to Zuri. And before I say what I said to Zuri in that moment, I just want to share when I was a kid, I had a couple of dreams when I would go to sleep about having a friend who was Black. And I don't know where they originated, but they were very sweet, impactful dreams for me. And I really felt a kinship with Black people because of those dreams when I was very young. There was this little girl that I was deeply connected with in my dreams. And so when I got to Zuri, I said, I have always wanted a Black friend. Is that what I said? I don't remember the exact words. It was something along those And I saw Zuri's face just like there was something that flashed across and just shut down. I didn't know actually what I had done. I knew I had done something wrong in what I had said. And we ended up talking about it a year later, I think, right? You called me up and we had a conversation about it and you shared what that was like for you to have me say that. Would you be willing to just share what that brought up for you when I said that? Yeah, sure. And it's funny, even just talking about it kind of gets me emotional uh, still. Me too. So, (laughs) So one of the things when you talk about being Black in America and dealing with racism or not having dealt with racism, there's kind of this ongoing joke amongst Black people where, you you know, you've been told at some point or not, oh, I'm not racist, I have a Black friend. Or, oh, I'm not something, I have a Black friend. And you're like, okay, congratulations. You you know, so it's something (laughs) that we've dealt with a lot in life growing up. And so to literally, you know, at this moment where you've spent your time and energy and money and everything else to try and open up your home to, you know, for someone, a dear friend that you care about, and, you know, you're going around sharing intimate things, it felt like 
the connection there, you know, there wasn't word shared on our friendship and our connection. It just felt everything just got collapsed and minimized to, Oh, I'm your black friend. And Mm -hmm. I was like, what does that even mean? And why is that what matters on everything else? And it, it just felt like it invalidated the strength of our friendship, which clearly goes, beyond race. And of course, I didn't know you were trying to express something, you know, sacred from that. But then Mm. afterwards, here's, you know, the other side that we deal with as black people living in America is, you know, you never even realize the struggle that you have. There is always an internal struggle when something hits you that doesn't feel right. Am Mm. I going to bring this up? Do I is this something, is this what I think it feels like? I know this doesn't feel good. Is this something that I even bring up? Do I let it go? There's probably a thousand things that we've let go that still has made its mark on you. And then when you do decide, am I going to have to deal with, am I going to have to deal with explaining? Am I going to have to deal with someone not honoring or respecting what I feel? Then that's even worse, you know, or challenging it. So there's so many different things you have to deal with, even just in bringing it up. And so like that created its own emotions. And I think I had tried at one point, let, let this go. And then it just stuck with me and didn't mm-hmm. feel good. And it's like, no, I do want to um, say something. Cause I mean, we just weren't in touch that much either. So it's not like we had been yeah. speaking for a year and never spoke about it. It's true. We just weren't yeah. in touch. And I just felt it was something because I do care about you. And then just in my voice and honoring me, it was like, no, this is something that I think needs to be shared. And I think that's something we all constantly deal with at multiple levels all the time as, you know, black people living in America from the smallest things to the, you know, the biggest thing. Mm. Thank you, Zuri, for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I had no idea. I mean, it was, it's embarrassing to me now. You know, when I think about it, that comment, it's like, of course you were upset, but I just had no idea. (laughs) And it, and I'm, I consider myself a pretty conscious person. I think you consider me a pretty conscious person, Zuri, having known me for a while. And that was such an unconscious thing to say. It was like, yeah. So I felt like that would be a good starting point is just you know, how we white people (laughs) say the wrong thing. I mean, that isn't the way I want to live. I learned a lot from that. And I really appreciated you taking the time to explain to me and share and that we have a friendship now. You know, it could have just been that you said in your mind, I'm done. And you didn't you actually had a conversation with me about it. And it's an ever-evolving conversation, I think, right? Talking mm-hmm. about this. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it goes deep. It, it does. And I think that's the thing that it's never about just whatever one situation something is. And I think that's a challenge that people don't realize. There's always so much more that's tied to it, you know, when you were the one experiencing it and the challenge is like oh but this is just this one little thing well that one is but when you tie that to the string of the thousands that you know tens of thousands that's been there it weighs differently 
Yeah. So I see a lot of you, Carmel, <clears throat> Tamika, Kylie, sh- you know, nodding your head. Do you want to jump in and say something? Feel free to unmute and jump in. I would love to hear your thoughts or really anything you want to share. I do have some questions from pet business owners who would like to ask you some questions and I've written them down, but I'd really like to hear what you have to say if there's anything in particular. So feel free to unmute if you just want to jump in. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of piggyback off of what Zuri just said about one incident, but then there's so many other things kind of um, leading up to maybe the reaction that you have in that moment to that particular incident. That I, That's why I nodded, because I, I can relate to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Carmel or Kylie? <laughs> well, well, back when I was in high school, it was actually after the shooting in Ferguson. And I was the only colored person in class. And my teacher was like, don't you, because I was in a suburb in Kansas at the time. And it's just like, don't you feel safe here and all that stuff. And he points to me directly. So it was like, it put me in a position. I'm in high school. I didn't know what to say. The whole class turned to me. And then, of course, like, I am mixed. And so my white mom did not think that was okay to point her daughter out. Yeah. And so um, she complained to the school. And then the teacher pulled me aside. He's like, look at all my black friends. Look at all my Facebook. Look, I'm friends with them. I have nothing against you or anything. It's, mm-hmm. it's like it's not about who you're friends with. It's when that mm-hmm. pointed me, the only colored person out in class, mm-hmm. to ask me how I felt after the Ferguson shooting. Oh, God, that's so intense as a kid Mm -hmm. to go through that. And it already feels kind of vulnerable and awkward to be a kid, you know, in high school. Mm -hmm. But then to have somebody, a teacher in front of everyone, I can only imagine. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) What about you, Carmel? Anything you want to share? Um, I was just going to agree with Zuri and uh, Tamika as far as just the incidents where it's not just one thing. It's usually a series of things and experiences that just kind of are added to the list. And it's like, okay, it's, you know, it's, it gets tiresome, but it's uh, opportunities like this, Kristen, I really appreciate where I know it's, it can be uncomfortable to talk about and you're um, concerned about saying something inappropriate, but I feel like this is a safe space to Mm -hmm say stuff because I know that it's not coming from a place of, of malice or mm-hmm. hatred on your part. It's really just wanting to learn. So for me, my walls aren't up. My defenses aren't defenses aren't up at all in this case to know, because I know you're coming from a place of love and you really want to, to learn. And it's not like what we see on social media where, oh my gosh, it's a battlefield. It's, it really is. <laughs> Oh, it's really yeah. disheartening to, to see yeah. what people are saying. And I know that this is nothing like that. So it's, yeah. I, I'm really hopeful that there will be a lot of positive that comes from this. Me too. And I know there are a lot of pet business owners who are really excited to, to watch this conversation and hear it. So I appreciate you guys jumping on. There were two specific things that I wanted to bring up. And I'm, I really, again, want to say, if there's anything that you want to speak on, I welcome it. So even if you don't want to address what I'm bringing up, you can dive into whatever you want to talk about. I, I want your voice to be heard today. Okay. In whatever way you, you need or want it to be. 
But the two topics I was thinking about starting with here have to do with white privilege, because I know a lot of white people are a little bit confused about what that means. I know when I've thought about this in my own life, I, I've i thought people may look at my life and think I'm privileged because of where I am today. What a lot of people don't know is that, and I'm saying this to lead up to something, so bear with me, but what a lot of people don't know is I would consider myself self-made in a lot of ways. I didn't have a lot of support and financially or otherwise. And so when I hear that word privilege, I don't feel like I have privilege in that way. Um, I feel like I've had to work hard to get to where I am. And I know that there are a number of white people who may feel that way. However, what I have discovered about white privilege has nothing to do with where I've come from or where I am today. It has to do with the very nature of my skin being white. And that was really relevatory when I realized that. And I think for a lot of white people, it is. They think, well, I'm not privileged. You know, I live in a trailer park or, but. Can you speak on white privilege? I'd love to hear how you describe it and what that looks like for you. Anyone, if you want to jump in. Anyone? I'll I'll, I'll, I'll start it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Zuri. Okay. And then we'll go to Tamika next. I'm glad you put it, framed it that way because traditionally you will, you think of privilege from a socioeconomic perspective and sure there is a whole we could get systemic on socioeconomically white privilege from that perspective but yeah it extends way beyond that i could boil it down simply and be blunt Great. and say <laughs> white privilege is deciding that I want to talk about race now and I'm going to talk about race. That's a privilege because when you're a person of color, you don't get that privilege because you live it and you are forced to talk about it all the time because you have to keep dealing with crap every day in life. And um, it's a privilege to choose to talk about it because there's things in the world and it's time now versus you're just constantly impacted and inundated by it. So when you think about it from that framework, or it's a privilege to take, it's a privilege to assume that if I work hard, I can actually get to where I want in life, even though I came from meager things versus there's all sorts of systemic things in this world that I don't know that that's guaranteed because I don't have a lot of examples of that in life. Mm -hmm. And I'll just say this because I could go on a whole tirade on it. Uh, Last one is it's just, we, you know, it's almost become a, a painful joke where I see people doing going against the rules in small ways. And it's a privilege as a white person to go against the rules, knowing that it's okay or knowing that someone's going to give you the benefit of the doubt from something, something simply as how you're standing or not standing in line to, mm. you know, how you're abiding by things. Cause you know, someone's going to give you the benefit of the doubt. There's nothing big that's going to happen even if they do versus I could get in serious trouble Mm. if I do this someone can call the cops on me and I don't know if I can safely live through this so 
that privilege extends to every minor way in terms of how you're moving through life, where there's times and places where, you know, you don't have to even make decisions about whether you do or don't do something on if you'll be safe. So those are just a few examples, you know, that go way beyond just how you move through life Mm -hmm. comfortably without ever having to think about these things. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up. I don't have to think about those things. I don't. And I can't imagine what that's like because life is already challenging in so many ways, right? And then you add that (laughs) of being afraid or being perceived as doing something when you're just living your life. That's a lot. That's a lot to hold. Tomika, you were going to say something. Do you want to? Sure. You've mentioned um, about, you know, someone maybe living in a trailer park. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, for me, white privilege is, let's say a white person did live in a trailer park. If they went into a store, no one would know where they lived versus me going into a store being black is very obvious. That's not something I could hide. It's not something I could um say change like they could change their address and say I live here I can't change anything about my physical appearance or my ethnicity um so for me I think that explains white privilege it's not me being black I I can I can't change that whereas yeah that that's yep that's pretty much it yeah 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 what about you Carmel or Kylie um yeah, no, definitely agree as far as not being, it's, we can't hide. And for me, I know a lot of people, they, they say, what are you when they look at me? Because I have fair skin, I'm, I'm black and Mexican, but it's clear, at least to me, that I'm not white. I'm definitely something else. So, but it's, it's not something that we can hide. And when I think of, of white privilege, as uh, Zuri said, it is something that there a lot of people, their first thought is, well, I didn't grow up rich. I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. And as she mentioned, it's not it's not about that. It's growing up and not having this the color of your skin be used against you, whether you're walking into a store, walking down the street, or as I mentioned uh, in one of the comments on your Facebook post, just sitting in my car, if I'm early to a meet and greet, I'm leery because I don't want to be viewed as being suspicious. Like, oh, what is she doing in this affluent area? Clearly she doesn't live here. Mm. What is she going? She's taking out the place. Is she looking at home? See what she can rob? No, I'm waiting. I'm just early. <laughs> but it's it's something that it is definitely in our minds a lot. And nowadays, even more so, it's really at the forefront. So I just hope it people are open to discussing it and I know it's uncomfortable, but it's just, it's the reality and we need to talk about it. It cannot be swept under the rug anymore and just at all. It's it's not an issue. Like, no, it is. It has been and it it, it will be. (laughs) So exactly. Yeah. Like even like what she was saying, like you can't hide Like I've been asked, like, like uh, I used to work at a senior living facility and the people would be like, where did you descend from? And I'm like, um, here, I don't know. Well, what are your, your parents? Where did they descend from? And it's just like, Missouri and Georgia. I don't know. Wow. Like I, I'm here <laughs> and stuff. And so, yeah, you just, you can't hide it. Oh people God. constantly ask. 
And yeah, um, on Zuri's note, the comment I also wanted to make was that it's the conversations, like she said, that we have to have with our siblings or family or kids, everything. Like, for example, my brother, uh, he gets pulled over more times than I have ever been pulled over. He'll be going slightly over the speed limit and they'll, they'll exaggerate it mm. on the ticket or something. And it's just like, all it takes is one bad guy to just be like, you know what? He looks like he's reaching for something. Oh, he looks like he does this. When my brother, he dresses very modest. He wears neutral colors. You know, he goes to college, all this stuff, but nobody ever wants to see that. All they see is this black kid with a with the fro and mm-hmm. stuff but, you know my mom was never given this talk with from her parents you know she didn't have to worry about where she went how she drove anything um my dad would try to return things at a grocery store and my mom would take the exact same thing and have no problem at all when with him he would get everything like drilled about it and stuff and so it's mm. just the conversations that we even have to have yeah yeah thank you for sharing that kylie I've had a number of my uh, coaching clients who are black start out the conversation when they've scheduled their very first coaching session with me saying, you know, letting me know, because often it's on the phone, so I can't see them, you know, often they will let me know that they're black and they will share how that has impacted their business and that they're afraid. One person in particular said, I don't know if I should put my picture on the about us page because I'm afraid that if people know that I'm black, like maybe if they talk to me on the phone first and then I meet them, they'll be better than if they just see my picture. And that was appalling to me. Tomika, I see you nodding your head. Do you mind sharing about that? Have you had that experience or? Not necessarily that particular experience, because uh, when I started my business back in 2014, my banner had a picture of myself walking a dog. Um, And I never thought about the fact that I was black. That never crossed my mind. Should I put the picture? Because I figured this is my business and, you know, I want to help and serve families and pets in L.A. Um, But I, I could understand how that person might hesitate, you know, because of other experiences in my life that kind of flashed through my mind, as you mentioned that. So not particularly in that case um, about putting my photo, because I still have my photo on uh, my About Me page with the rest of my staff. But it's it's unfortunate that, you know, that person and myself in different situations have to even make that an issue. So, yes, I agree. I was very shocked. I can also understand why she would say that, you know, that she has that concern. And there have been other uh, coaching clients who have said they went to meet and greets. You know, they didn't have their picture on their About Us page. They went to meet and greets and they could see like across the person's face of like, oh, I didn't realize you were black. You know, that sort of like, oh, (laughs) you know, and that the impact that that has even the nonverbal communication have have you guys experienced that at meet and greets is that something that anybody want to share anything oh kylie you have to unmute <laughs> no okay carmel um 
I personally have not experienced that yet. Um, fortunately, I mean, it's, there's always a possibility. Um, mm -hmm. And with my business, I specialize in, in working with seniors, helping them with their pets. So mm -hmm. that definitely kind of crosses my mind where I'm thinking, okay, because they're, they're older, they tend to have older views of the past as, as far as segregation and, and stereotypes and all sorts of things that they were brought up thinking. So I'm going into the meeting sometimes thinking, okay, I hope they are accepting of me and, and they don't pay attention to the color of my skin and think that that's going to um, hinder my ability to do the job properly or take care of their pets or be responsible. I want them to think I'm going to steal and all these things yeah. kind of run through my mind, but knock on wood so far, it's, it's been, it's been okay. But mm -hmm. it still crosses my mind, you know, to be mm -hmm. quite frank with you, it does cross my mind each time. So yeah, uh, there's always that possibility. <laughs> yeah. It's like what Zuri was saying earlier, just it being present all the time, you know, the white privilege yeah. and you not having that it's, it's there. It's uh, it impacts you. It sounds like, yeah, it does. <laughs> um. So I have some questions from pet business owners, but before I do that, I actually want to see, because I imagine that there were reasons that you wanted to get on today. Maybe there's something that you want to share. If not, that's fine. I can just have you answer the questions, but I want this to be an opportunity for you to share whatever you want to share about what's happening now or how your business has been impacted by being a black woman in America. It's all welcome here. So, okay, Tamika. <laughs> so I went around and around whether I wanted to have um, decals put on my car, like, um, what do you call it? Like uh, advertisements on the windows in my car. It probably took me a good two years to figure out if I wanted to do it. And so I finally did it. And um I had the decals on my windows um, or the wrap, excuse me, it's a wrap um, for about seven, eight months. And I and just thinking about it makes me really sad. But I was driving to um, do a dog walk and I received a phone call on my business line. Um, and I, you know, my business line is a cell phone. So I had it with me in the car and I had just gotten off of the freeway when when the call came in. So when I got to my client's house, I quickly checked the message before I went in and it was the most racist message. And I felt really unsafe because of what the person said. I, I felt really scared. Like, obviously, they may have just seen me on the freeway and saw the phone number and decided to call and say what they said. And immediately I called my husband, who's white, by the way, and um, he could not believe that, that that just happened. And so he left work. I, I did my walk and I went home because I was afraid. This person really knew where my car was. They, they saw me in my car. And to not know if they were going to follow me or I felt afraid because someone decided to call me with hate. So... Um, that was probably the most intense racial incident that's happened to me. I mean, I've had neighbors come out and ask me 
questions. I've, I've had people looking across the street, making it obvious that they saw me and wanted me to know that they saw me going into their neighbor's home. But that really just took the cake. And that, that started a conversation. I mean, my husband and I have had conversations, obviously, about race relations before, but this was, it just took it to a whole other level because he couldn't, couldn't believe that. So I'm so sorry that happened to Mika. I can understand how you wouldn't feel safe after that. Yeah. Yeah. So I took the wrap off of my car. That was for me, it was a safety. I felt it was a safety issue. So I took, I took the wrap off of my car. Yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. Yeah. Just sending lots of love to you, Tamika. And I mean, we all have these stories and it's frustrating and upsetting, you know, when it comes down to your life. Do I get to do something regular like drive and live? And I've I've been in situations like that too. And I just want to say, because it brings it back to white privilege and the emotional piece of it, where it's not just about understanding. And I get that it's got to be uncomfortable to be like, but wait, you know, I haven't done anything wrong. I'm not trying to do anything against this, but to understand the privilege, you know, that you get to have living that we don't get to have. And now is an opportunity because you can't take advantage of your privilege for impacting this cause until you recognize that you have it. And Mm -hmm. then when you have it, you're either, you you know, are you using it against this or for it? Mm -hmm. And, but you got to own that you have it in order to use it for it. And I'm just, just a really quick story. I was actually at one point looking when I was living in LA to move in a, into a place and had this, got into a really deep conversation with the owner of a house in Venice and um, we were talking about race and the difficulties of race and he was talking you know it was kind of the hey you know I'm all for this and I get it and I see it and I'm woke but you know the problem is like with my family and I have really racist family and you know I can't I can't convince them I can't tell them about these things because that you don't understand what that would do in my family that's privilege to be able to choose not to do it. And what we need actually are people being willing to exercise your privilege and have those conversations with your racist family and challenge them and put yourself on the line for that. Because let me tell you from a black person's perspective, they're never going to hear it from us, but you know, to stand up with your family in your community to make it safe for, you know, you have a, you know, like, hey, no, it's okay that this person is coming up here. You know, this is her business. I'm high, you know, like we need people to stand up and step out, put yourself on the line. That's what will start to make things, you know, better and start to push the line in the envelope. It's got to be at the big mm-hmm. level and all of these tiny little levels. So mm-hmm. I'm really happy that, you know, it's conversations like this where people will hear and then take one little risk. And then take another little risk. And so mm-hmm. I'm really appreciative of that to have the forums. And I think, honestly, it's it's powerful, you know, for us to share our stories, you know, even just outside of our friends and families and networks mm-hmm. as well. So um, thank you for having me on and 
Nice oh, to all of you. Thank Ken. you, Zuri. So yeah. Zuri is a transformational life coach at ZuriWalker.com. She is a force to be reckoned with <laughs> in the best possible way. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> to you all. Hi, Zuri. Thank you. You guys ready for some questions? Yeah. Pet business owners. Okay, here we go. Kelly McKinney Hall wrote this on the Facebook. So I'm really glad that these ladies are willing to talk about race. I have heard black people say they are tired of explaining race to white people who do little to educate themselves. So this is a special opportunity for us white folks. I also feel like we need to do more listening and less talking in race discussions and not to discount their experiences. And then she says, can you explain the challenges unique to black people in a majority white profession, like the pet business world and um, society in general? How can white people support blacks in this profession in the pet care world? Should we not talk about race? Or should we? I know this is a lot of questions. Um, if so, how do we approach discussions without being fearful of saying the wrong thing? So does anybody want to jump in and respond to that? Hi, I think you mentioned how to be supportive, or was that one of the questions? Yeah. So how can white people support blacks in this profession or just in general? I said just be be willing to listen to what we have to say as far as maybe struggles and not to dismiss it and say, oh, you're being overly sensitive. You, you know, it's, you don't have to take everything so offensively. I know that there is a growing number of uh, black owned pet businesses throughout the nation. I saw a list. I, I want to try and find it and maybe just mm -hmm. supporting them and sharing their posts. And because mm -hmm. it is such a small group, I think of us that have it. So just to have that leverage of saying, Hey, Here's this other business you can support or refer if, if um, there is a Black-owned business in your service area um, and you're not able maybe to take on certain clients. Maybe you can refer them to that person or meet with them. Meet with them first and, and network. Well, I guess through Zoom. We can't really network yeah. like we used to before, but through yeah. Zoom, meet them, connect with them and share clients. And that would be a great way to support, share their posts. Or mm -hmm. I think that those would be good ways to support. And um, as far as not talking about race, I mean, I mean, it needs to be talked about because uh, as I mentioned on your, one of your comments or in one of my comments on your post regarding uh, notifying my clients uh, when they go out of town, I ask them to let their neighbors know that I'll be arriving, whether it's during the day or staying overnight, because there are a lot of looky-loo neighbors and they get suspicious and mm -hmm. say, okay, who is this at this home? I've never seen them before. I think I need to call the cops. They might be breaking in. It's like, no, please. That is my, <laughs> one of my biggest fears is to have the cops called on me thinking I'm breaking in. Like, no, I promise. So I always make sure I have my paperwork on me to prove that I'm a pet sitter. I have the numbers ready to, to call the owner if need be. So it's always in the back of my mind. And I just do my best to um, be as professional as I can. And I know in the Black community, we're taught that we have to really kind of go above and beyond to to be the best to, so the, because we're not always seen as equal as white. So we have to be even 
better to be equal, to talk as, as professionally as we can, to present as well as we can, address as well as you can. And so I just try to keep that in my mind. And um, it's, it's stressful, but mm-hmm. I guess we've kind of adapted to it, having to do it for so many years. <laughs> Thank you, Carmel. Yeah. And Kylie. Oh, yeah. Kylie. Um, yeah. So to kind of go off for point two is to how to like help, um, to help out, um, to definitely diversify, you know, what you're watching, what you're reading, what you're listening to, things like that. It's like, you need to be able to like, diversify. There's so many people who it's like, yeah, I'm familiar with black people, but I've never associated with any black people. I've never spent any time with it. And it's just like, you have to be able to talk and like, even kids books, you know, is there color? Do your dolls have color? Things like that to be able to just familiarize yourself with it. And then other ways you can even help is just by sharing stuff on your social media. Social media is very, very powerful. And it's like, show what's actually happening. Uh, the media likes to focus on the looting and only the looting um, when really they're, it's, they're not focusing on the matter, like the meaning of the protest. And yeah. uh, social media is very to that. It's able to um, draw its attention to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they're focusing on the surface, but not the actual issue. Deeper level. Yeah. Yeah. Tomika, do you have anything to say to this? I just piggyback off of what Carmel said about uh, referring, you know, Black-owned pet care businesses. Um, I a lot of my clients come from referrals, so I know that referrals are trusted more, so that that's really good, you know, sharing, you know, hey, I know this great sitter um, in your area, here's their info, that goes a long way. Just real fast, I meant to, I think she also, uh, one of the questions was about, like, how to treat, like, Black employees or just your other Black sitters? Yes, and that was okay. somebody else. Get it to it then. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up, because that is from Jenna Tidler. Um, she said, my employee is a six two black man, um, six feet, two inches. We spoke bluntly and he both asked and warned me that in some of the areas that we work in, I'll need to sadly pre-notify not only the dog owners, but the neighbors too about who he is and what he's doing in and around the house so that the police don't get called for theft or a possible break-in. It's like what you you all were talking about sadly or luckily in three years, we've only had one grumpy neighbor who didn't like me or the dog owners either other than just the honest conversation with people that this is what your other dog walker looks like. Is there another way to approach this topic? So Kylie, do you want to address that? My point was more along like how to treat your employees, I guess, is just to like, uh, I, I, I guess I got it confused. with the It's okay. Question. I'd All love right. to hear what oh. you were going to say though about um, that. Yeah, It's just like Carmel was saying, it's like, you know, as being black in the business, like you're always looked at as like, oh, you need to work harder and you got to show that you can, you're just as equal as your white competitor. And it's just like, you know what, just treat everybody equal. We are people too. I have a heart, two lungs, you know, 10 fingers, Mm -hmm. 10 toes, you know, we're all treated equally. And so if with your black employees, make sure like, of course, what he's saying, that is something we unfortunately have to be mindful of, of theft Mm -hmm. and being called on and things like that. But just at the same time, don't feel pressure that you need to say the wrong thing or the right thing. Just treat it as 
like kindly and respectfully and equally as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Carmel or Tamika, do you want to respond to what Jenna asked about? She said, other than just the honest conversation with people that this is what your other dog walker looks like. And it's so sad that she even has to say that, but are there other ways to approach this topic? Do you, do you have any thoughts about that? I just wanted to say that's great that she decided to decided to hire um, the walker, you know, for her, it, it wasn't an issue, which is how it, it should be. So I just wanted to say good for her for hiring this gentleman that's a part of my mission statement was to provide, you know, jobs for people in my community. And that's exactly what she did. So good for her. He was requesting that he needs to be introduced to mm-hmm. the owner, right? Because I'm wondering yes. if she does that already just to say, hey, this is your, this well, will be your, your, your dog walker or... I mean, but you have to think, do that every time. Is Yeah, I know. And I think she perhaps did that. I She doesn't say this, but I think she perhaps mm-hmm. does this before the meet and greet. You know, like she has meet and greets all the time mm-hmm. with her clients to have them meet whoever is going to be in their home. But it's almost like she has to pre-notify the client. Yes. I mean, I guess in any case we want, at least for me, I know I would want to know who would be coming to my home to walk Mm -hmm. my dog if I wasn't going to be there, regardless of what they are. Um, And so I know what they look like and I I would personally like to meet them. So Mm -hmm. perhaps when, if it's a new meet and greet, just bring the dog walker with the client can meet the owner of the business as well as Mm -hmm. who will be doing the dog walking and say, Hey, this is, will be the person so they can feel comfortable and know what they look like. But Mm -hmm. it's, I know that that might be hard for some businesses who have large mm-hmm. yeah. amounts of staff. It's, I'm a one-woman show, so it's, it mm-hmm. would be easy for me just if I had one other person to do it. But for a large amount of staff, I know that would probably be time-consuming. But I don't know. Maybe they can send a picture and, and a bio mm-hmm. of some of the walk and say, hey, this is a John, and he will be walking uh, Fluffy. And here's a little bit about him if you want to mm-hmm. get to know him so you'll know. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of sad that that has to be done as a precursor, but it could be life saving. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, with, with yeah. how things are nowadays, it, it could really prevent something bigger from happening down the road. So maybe that could yeah. be an idea. But yeah, as, as Tamika said, kudos to her for hiring because I know that 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 might not be something some dog walk or some business owners want to do because they don't want to deal with mm-hmm. kind of the not the baggage that comes along with it. That's mm-hmm. not the right way to put it, but the, the, there's some things that come along with having, I guess, a, a black employee, black man, mm-hmm. especially in this country. It's unfortunate, yeah. but I mm-hmm. applaud her for, for doing that. I do too. And you know, there's another person, Lisa Ruthig, who wrote this wonderful question. So she said, I have a school in the pet horse industry and we get very few people of color applying. I'd love to have more diversity for a better learning experience. I'd like to know where to market and how to support students better. Do you have any idea? I have to think about that for a second. But if I could say something else about um, the employee part is um, I think for myself, if I went and 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 I was looking for a job and I went to a website and if I saw photos of people that looked like me, I think I would feel a little more comfortable like, oh, okay, there are other Blacks in the photos, so maybe it would be okay if I applied. You know, um, I guess the same could be for a student as well. 
Yes. Um, so I think including photos, you know, yeah. diverse photos may help. I love that idea. I think that's really important. It's a a simple change that people can make to their website, but deeply impactful because we all want to see people. Well, there's a feeling of recognition, right? So, yeah. Anyone else want to respond? It's okay if you don't. <laughs> okay. And then the last question here, and then I want to open it up before we end here with anything else you might want to say, but Jamie Dunn said, something I've been wondering about is how to convey that my business is inclusive and welcoming to all clients. I can't imagine the extra stress of wondering if the person you invite into your home to care for your pets could be racist, homophobic, etc. Perhaps a statement on my website or to tweak the mission statement. What do you recommend to have my business be inclusive and welcoming to all clients? Any ideas? I mean, it's similar to the photos. That That's a start. But any ideas about anything else? I guess I've just never thought about it because I'm black. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. So usually when they see me on my website, they know. It's like, oh, she's cool and everything. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, not cool. <laughs> As I talk. <laughs> but, I know yeah, what you mean, though. Yeah. They, they're just familiar. They're yeah. Like, okay, she, she's obviously and stuff. So I've never thought about it from a white-owned company. And so that is something to think yeah. about. Like definitely yeah. again, the picture, social media, maybe even what you're doing in your spare time, like volunteering, how, what mm -hmm. activities are you doing? I think how you're getting involved in your community as well is mm -hmm. a way to make a statement as well. Yeah. And even a blog post about that. Could yeah. Be good. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Carmel, did you have anything to say? Um, I was just thinking maybe just put it on the website on the mission. Or the vision or, you know, just in writing there. I don't know if people mm -hmm. really read that, but it's there. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's what she was wondering, if that would be a good place to put it. You know, a statement on my website or tweak the mission statement. But maybe even just an introductory sentence, you know, mm -hmm. that talks about being inclusive could be good. I mean, but I figure if I'm going into a meet and greet, if the person, if I, if someone got my number online and they didn't really look at the website. They didn't look because my picture is on my website. Um, if they just didn't bother to look at that and I show up at their house to do a meet and greet, if they feel they have an issue with me, then I'm sure they probably won't call me back and they'll, they, maybe they'll say, Oh, well, well I'm still interviewing other, other pet sitters or other dog yes. walkers, but I'll keep your number. And uh -huh. okay. Then that, then they weeded themselves out. If they don't want they to, to work with me for that, then so be it. I frankly would not want a client if that's how they, how, how they would view me if it's, if it's, you know, racial. And um, so I agree. Yeah. I'll find someone else. <laughs> that's right. Is there anything that, that you'd like to share that hasn't been said today? Yeah. Um, I know on social media, a lot of people have been asking questions. Like I know, um, one of your questions was that people like black people say they don't want to talk about it, that you could just mm -hmm. educate yourselves and things like that. 
there's a lot of messages going around. Uh, for example, the All Lives Matter movement or yeah. the Why Defend the Police, things like that. And it's just like, I, do, I just want to clarify that just because we're saying defund the police or all lives, uh, Black Lives Matter does not mean we're anti anything. You know, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter is just we're trying to handle a certain mm-hmm. issue right now before we handle everything else and it's not saying that we don't care about you nothing like that it's just right now our lives are being like at the front lines right now brutally um taken and stuff and then even with the defend the police if you look at your city funds a lot of it is going towards the police instead of other more important aspects so that's Mm -hmm. all we mean we're not against anything Oh, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because I know that can be really divisive on social media of all lives matter, black lives. I That really irks me when somebody says, oh, but all lives matter. It's like, that's not what's happening right now. Let's address what's actually happening in the world right now. <laughs> Sometimes we need to laser in and not look at the broad picture, but rather address what what's happening in the moment and has been happening for many years, not to discount that it's just happening now, but thank you, Kylie. I'm so grateful you brought that up. That's such an important point. Thank you. Anyone else want to bring anything up? This topic, I'm just thankful that you brought this um, to us to be able to have this platform to share. Um, And I'm hoping that people listening I've gleaned something from this. I know even me, I, you know, I'm, I'm black and I'm still learning too about uh, mm-hmm. just race relations in this country. So just thank you for this opportunity. And, um, you know, the clients that we have obviously trust and then, you know, care for us business owners, black business owners. So just thank you for that. And just, I'm just really appreciative of the clients that I do have that do trust and see beyond you know, my skin color and they see my heart and love for animals first. And the same for my team members that, you know, that I have three team members and they're amazing. So I'm just appreciative for the opportunity to speak my truth and to share my experiences and hoping that someone didn't see an action that they, that they did or a thought that they have in their mind, like, Oh wait, that is kind of, you know, racist or, oh, I, I shouldn't have that viewpoint about black people. Maybe they'll think twice. So just thank you for the opportunity to share again. Just thank you. You're welcome. And I really appreciate you sharing. I know that was a, such a, an intense story about the car wrap and the racism and it just, oh, I was moved to tears. I adore you, Tomika. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm in Los Angeles. You'd think that I was like in some small town in the middle of nowhere, but yes. no, I'm in the middle of L.A. <laughs> so it's everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I move forward. And um, mm-hmm. my my great grandmother used to say, and I was really young when when I hear her because she passed away when I was about 14, 15. But she said, it's not what someone calls you. It's what you answer to. Mm-hmm. And that has stuck with me to this day. It's not what someone calls you. It's what you answer to. So I try to remember that, um, but it didn't stop me from running my business. Yes, I took the wrap off, but I continued to move forward. So 
Wow, you are living your grandmother's <laughs> legacy. I mean, that's that woman. I have chills. I wish you guys could yeah. see my chicken, my chicken skin. In Hawaii, <laughs> they call it chicken skin. <laughs> and I have it right now. Oh, I just love that. Yeah. What a wise, amazing being, you know, that you yeah. have for a relative. She's no longer here, but her wisdom is in you. Yeah. And you're living it. What a gift to her and what a gift to yourself and to us to have shared that today. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, what was her name? My great grandmother, great grandmother's name was Annie McCord. Oh, great grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. We still miss her. So I bet and we you called do. her Nina. Yeah. Nina was her name. So, oh, Nina. Yeah. Well, she's, she's here with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Her, her beautiful spirit. Yeah. Thank you, Tomika, for sharing about her. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Carmel? Anything you want to say before we close here? Um, just thanking you again for doing this. And thank you to anyone who's listening to, I, I hope some, they, uh, the, uh, the listeners get something out of it and just know that we're all really on the same team. We all love animals. We all love our clients. I cherish my clients. As, as Tamika said, I value their trust so much, especially with uh, many of them being seniors and being very mm -hmm. trusting people themselves. And um, especially now with COVID, the families aren't able to visit them in the senior communities. And I'm the one I've been able to take pictures of, of their parents or grandparents mm -hmm. and send them so they can see their their loved ones and help take care of their, their fur babies. But it just, it means so much. And I I just hope that things get better, um, but I think discussions such as this will will lead to that. And as long as people are just open about listening, just mm -hmm. to really listen. And I feel like uh, the Black community is finally getting heard now. We've been saying these things for many years as far as police brutality and just inequality and so many things. But now it's finally getting heard and it feels very validating. So mm. um it's it's uh it's it's an, it's emotional to oh. to see just the amount of support on a global level that that um the community is getting and it's it's incredible it just it gives me goosebumps too <laughs> <laughs> but um it's it's great to be part of this community and and I hope I can meet all of you somehow I one know. day to be as you are in LA I'm in Pasadena so we need to meet up. <laughs> Literally. And where are you, Kylie? You're, you're there too, I'm aren't you? I'm in Pomona. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm from Kansas. I moved out here from a few. Yeah. And so we're all close. We we all yeah. need to meet up. <laughs> yeah, if it's okay, I'd like to give you each other's emails so you can oh, connect. Okay, yes, great. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Please do. Yeah, and I just want to say before we end here, so I want to I want to acknowledge each one of you for being on today. So I want to start with Kylie Holloman Rivera. Is that how I say your name? Yeah. Okay. Um, she is the owner of Fire Hydrant Pet Sitting LLC. Thank you, Kylie. You are a bright light. You are a bright light. <laughs> oh, and Carmel Mims. Thank you, Carmel. Oh, I feel so weepy. 
Thank you. Um, thank you. From Pet Porter Pals. And Carmel, yes. I just love how you, you know, you wrote such a an insightful message to my Facebook post. And I just knew I wanted to have you on today. And you and well, you felt you. some feelings around that, like, oh my God, I wasn't expecting that. But you said yes. No, I almost said no. I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't know what I'm gonna say. I don't know if yeah. I'm gonna say anything worth listening oh. to. I said, you know what? Let me just do it yeah. once in a lifetime, especially That's in this great. day and age. And it's just say yes. Good say girl. Yes to opportunity. So That's right. And thank I you for yes. your courage. <laughs> I know. I'm really proud of you. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank I you appreciate for it. Again. You're welcome. And I really appreciate what you brought today. Thank you, you know, your special gift here. And <laughs> Tomika, Tomika Bruin. Hello, darling. Out for a walk, pet sitting and dog walking. I've known Tomika online for many years. Thank you for inviting us, though, Kristen, for sure. Uh, it's definitely been a pleasure. I saw you a few months ago in San Diego. So it's great. Yeah, Boy, that was another world, wasn't it? Another yeah. lifetime ago. That was <laughs> February. <laughs> yeah. Never would have guessed, right? That this oh, would gosh. be the world. I know. Yes. So I was supposed <laughs> to be a keynote speaker for a conference in mm-hmm. April and a lot of the San Diego area pet business owners were going to come see me and then it got moved to July and then now it's going to be instead of in San Diego it's going to be in Hershey Pennsylvania in uh, November (laughs) sorry (laughs) okay Tomika you're back darling yes at that very second the light started flashing (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh thank you so so much for being on today. I really appreciate your vulnerability and your courage and your letting us in to what some of your experiences have been. It means a lot to me. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. And like Carmel said, I thought, well, I need to think about this. I don't know. And could I have an extra day to think? And so I'm really this, this has been a blessing for me to be able to share. It's very um, cathartic as well. So um, just thank you for the 10,000th time, Kristen, for doing this. So, You're so welcome. Allowing us to be heard. Oh, well, I really yeah. just am grateful for you, Tomika, for saying yes, because I know that was a big decision for you and one you didn't make lightly. Yeah. 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 And, and I do, um, I do think this conversation is going to help a lot of people. And so, and it's helped me. I mean, it's been cathartic for me as well. I've been kind of weeping through the whole thing, you know. It's okay. And I was, yeah. I know, I, I know, I wasn't Healing anticipating tears. that. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. Well, it's been so much uh, trauma that we've all been dealing with, but especially, you know, it's coming to a head here in the black community. And I just, you know, it's been so challenging, but also here we go, you know, it opens it up in new ways. You know, it should have happened a long time ago as far as this opening, but here it is now. Right. Better late than never. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, thank you all 
for being here. I'm going to give each one of you each other's contact information so you can continue the conversation. You're all somewhat in the same area, which is very wonderful. Very cool. Yeah. And I just adore each one of you so much. I adore you, Kristen. Thank you. Yeah. Adore you too, Kristen. Yeah, we really do. Everything you bring to the table. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. You have a beautiful day, okay? You too. Take care. Nice to meet you all. Yes. Bye. 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 Hi, pet business owners. I hope that you got a lot out of this conversation today. I did. You know, in listening to this again, as I was reviewing the edits that my wonderful podcast editor did, just to kind of clean it up a little bit, I was weeping. In fact, I'm still crying. I have tears in my eyes right now just because this is such a challenging, tender topic. And, you know, my heart goes out to each one of these amazing ladies and, you know, their vulnerability and what they've gone through in their life and experiencing different things when it comes to race. And I hope you will join me in really expressing gratitude to them for what they've shared, for what they've so vulnerably shared, right? Very courageous. Um, you can you can say thanks to them by going to my Facebook page. If you see this post, go ahead and write some appreciation about these speakers. Let them know how much you appreciate it. That would mean a lot to me because I am very grateful that they came on. It took a lot, you know, for them to come on. They said yes, but, you know, each one of them had some reservations about doing it. So the more gratitude and appreciation that you can give them, the easier and I think more relaxed they'll feel about this particular conversation that we had. So I really want to encourage you to reach out to them if you feel compelled to do so and share positive thoughts. Again, you can post comments on the show notes at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 73. I'm going to be posting about this on Instagram. You can comment there. Each one of these ladies is connected with me on Instagram and I will be tagging them. So if you want to connect with them, you are welcome to do so. And I want to thank you for listening to this conversation, you know, in that way you're a part of it. And I'm very grateful for that. And I know these are very tumultuous times right now and fraught with tension, anxiety, fear. And so as much loving kindness as we can bring, as these ladies brought, you know, to this conversation today, as much as we can share that in the world, I think we're all doing our part in that way to make the world a better place. And you're reaching out to them and expressing gratitude is a way to share that loving kindness. So I want to wish you a beautiful day, a wonderful week, you know, in spite of all the challenges that are out there right now. And I just want to remind you that we're all in this together, even if we're alone. And I'm with you, and I feel you, and my heart goes out to you. And I hope you have a beautiful day. 
Take good care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.